Total Wine & More now offers curbside pickup and same-day delivery in Northern Virginia. Have great finds at great prices delivered right to your car or to your door. It's easy to discover the more ways Total Wine & More has you covered at TotalWine.com. It's time to wake up, recover from last night's mess, and get your fix of Sports Caffeine. It's time to kickstart your day with the latest sports news and opinions. Get ready. Sports Caffeine is live in three, two, one. And welcome, everybody. It is another edition or another episode of Sports Caffeine. Sports Caffeine brought to you by or streaming by FanStreamSports.com and also FanStreamSports, the app as well. I am one of the hosts, L. Bushman. Alongside with me is Chip and Kristen. Welcome back. This is episode two of Sports Caffeine. And since we're all self-quarantining ourselves, we are not uh, in the our makeshift makeshift studio. I am at my house, and Chip and Correct. Kristen at, at their location, skyping in for the show. How's it going, guys? Good, oh, good. good. I'm at the, uh, yeah. Settle Shack right now, Compound Central. I like that, the Settle and, uh, Shack. I like that name. That's the a, Settle like Shack, that. yeah. Just kind of uh, hanging out, watching a bunch of news, and uh, buying completely useless stuff off uh, Amazon and renting movies. That's been what I've been uh, really, what, really becoming a professional at. What have you checked out so far movie-wise? Because I've been watching all kinds of weird stuff. Well, I tried to watch... Um, once a movie time in, in Los Angeles, or the movie with uh, Brad Pitt. Once upon a time in Hollywood. Once upon a time, yeah, great once movie. Upon a time in Hollywood. Great movie. I got seven minutes into it, and I mean, it didn't pick up. It's just a bunch of high-profile actors just talking about a, a show, and you see Leo, and you see um, Brad Pitt, and you got Al Pacino, and I just wasn't, I wasn't feeling it. And my iPad, uh, I was streaming it up to my TV, and my iPad like shut off, and then I was like. Okay, seven minutes. Uh, that movie sucked. It's, so I haven't turned it's, back on. It's more of a character-driven movie. I, I was kind of in the same boat as you are. Like, it doesn't pick up until, like, the last ten minutes of the movie. Other than that, it's kind of like, okay. The last ten minutes? The last ten minutes it picks up, and that's it. <laughs> I had the attention span We actually nap, had dude. that same conversation at dinner tonight. Sean's like, I turned it off 15 minutes toward the end. And his brother's like, that's when it gets good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's so. exactly right. That's when it gets good. <laughs> Kristen, what about See, you? That's, uh, that's so funny. You have the Settle Shack. Our place is called the Love Shack. Ooh. Oh, <laughs> Not by go. my naming, but my parents own this condo. They call it the Love Shack. There's literally, I'm looking at a sign right now above my laundry room that says Love Shack. So you're at the sh- Settle Shack. I'm at the Love Shack. Well, mine is called the Bush <laughs> the Bush Bungalow then. The Bush hey. Bungalow. I like, yeah, Bush Bungalow. <laughs> Actually, though, speaking of movies, we decided that we're going to do movies in a hat. So I was like, what do you want to watch tonight? And so we're going to put all the movies we want to watch in quarantine in a hat. Whatever we pull out, we're going to watch. So, like so far, we've watched Doctor Sleep. Good, okay. very good, okay. very long. Sequel to, to The say. Shining. All right. Sequel to The Shining, which I didn't realize how much of a sequel it is. It's basically the Red Rum Kid grown up, you know, and you see him, whatever, 30, 40 years later. And, but it was very, very good. I liked it. So I've been watching uh, Frozen 1 and 2, of course, because my, my youngest one is obsessed wow. with that movie. But I watched a, uh, a great documentary <clears throat> Excuse me, yesterday and today. It's a, it was called uh, Tiger King. It was about uh, this, this guy out in Oklahoma. He's like this wildlife guy. He had, he had a zoo out in Oklahoma, and it was just this six-part documentary series that was just so bizarre and batshit crazy. Uh, you guys got to check it out on Netflix. It's called uh, Tiger King. You- 
Yeah, so how did you even find this? Was you just like, this looks good? Well, or did someone recommend it to you? Yeah, well, it was one of the ones that was profiled on Netflix. So as soon as you put it on Netflix and it goes to the home screen, they like give you like the top ten or whatever what's going on the new shows. And then that one was the one that was featured at the time. And I was like, oh, okay, I'll check this out. And I love documentaries. And then this one popped up. And it's like, it's a crazy-ass documentary. So you guys got to check it out. All right. I'll take a look. The one thing, I, The Righteous uh, Gentleman with yeah. – I think it's on HBO. Righteous Gemstones. And it's got Righteous Gemstones. Sorry. Yeah. yeah, that show is fantastic. I know they've only done a couple episodes, but I watched the first two, and that's got me. Oh, keep going. It gets so, it gets wilder and crazier. It's a good show. Really? Yeah. All right. It's nice. I feel like you have seen everything, Evan. Everything we talk about, you're like, oh, yeah. I, I have a lot of free time at night when uh, my kiddos go to bed, and then uh, I, I, I binge watch stuff. So, yeah, I watch stuff all the time. So, anyways, you guys, there is your quarantine you guys, movie list yeah. from No yeah. Sports Caffeine. <laughs> so, anyways, we've got a. No, seriously, yeah. I wanted to ask one more question. Hold on, and then okay. we'll get right to sports. I promise. Okay, that's cool. You guys, have you made any purchases yet on Amazon, and have they been crazy? Like, I've either you know had a drink or had a glass of wine, and I probably shouldn't have bought that, but I bought it anyways because I'm bored. Any of those, Christian? I'm going to defer to you first. I had a glass of wine. I was bored. But I now belong to a toilet paper of the month club because we cannot <laughs> yeah. find any. So now I belong to a toilet paper subscription service. I will give them a shout out. They're Peach. Their name is Peach. They have little peaches on their toilet paper. 16 rolls <laughs> delivered to my door the other day. So if you're looking for toilet paper, there you go. I, I've I've had my, my finger on the trigger button to, to maybe buy a few things. I almost bought a $600 like podcaster mixer, Oops. which I decided I not I don't need anymore. I don't need because I set up everything on this mixer. And then I'm almost – 95% sure I'm probably going to buy a new like broadcaster mic, but I'm not, I'm not sure yet. So other than that, uh, the only thing I purchased on Amazon was um, RCA cables, and that was it. There you go. So, All, all right. right. Yeah. So let's uh, let's kick it yeah. off, guys. Uh, this past week has been nuts. We talked about it on our last show with Tom Brady going to the Bucks and all these other free agents going everywhere, Bill O'Brien smoking crack. But we're going to go into every division's winner and loser. Just to kind of see who's kind of got a leg up on the competition at this past week in free agency. Uh, we want to know, is anybody going to pick up Jameis Winston? Is he going to be a starter or is he going to be a backup somewhere? ESPN The Ocho has basically uh, been back and forth. And now it's I think it's uh, broad. They uh, decided to put it back on live uh, at 630 today. Uh, so ESPN The Ocho is on. We want to kind of know what kind of crazy sports we would like to see on ESPN The Ocho, even though they keep playing dodgeball over and over and over. And then, of course... Uh, we've got all all kinds of other stuff to talk about. So it is Sports Caffeine. Welcome to the show, guys. Welcome, everybody. Once again, you can find us on fans, fanstreamsports.com and also Fanstream Sports, the app. So, guys, this past week, lots of free agents, lots of trades. We'll start in the divisions. Who do you think was the biggest winner out of the AFC East for, for all this stuff going on? So far, uh... I mean, the... I mean, free agency, the the Bills, I mean, took Stephon Diggs, uh, and I like that move. So, I mean, I don't know. I think the Dolphins, obviously. Okay. They've had a lot more cap space, and they're also uh, – they got a lot, a lot of draft picks coming up this year. So, um, I think personally the Dolphins are probably going to be the, the biggest winners. Um, I'm going to go back 
Rick, you said with the Bills, like that stuff, stuff on Diggs trade is huge because I think he'll be happy there. And I am like the biggest Josh Allen fan. I have no idea why. Like, I just love this guy and every game he improves. And he was actually a really good fantasy quarterback for me. So maybe that's why I love him. But I really think that the Bills had a pretty solid lineup this year and they're just getting better. They're bringing back that whole defense, you know, adding another receiver on the other side of the, of the ball there with, against John Brown. So I really think the Bills are going to take this division this year with Tom Brady being out of New England. I was going to say yeah. Miami, Chip, but I think Miami is kind of a work. We don't know what they're going to be doing in the draft since they've got three first-round picks, and they still do have a lot of cap room left. So I will go with Chris, and I would say the Bills, because getting digs, gotcha. getting all that they need, especially we, we talked about this before, they needed a number one wide receiver for Josh Allen to, show, to throw to. So they got him. So I think the Bills are the winners out of that division. Who is the loser out we'll of the AFC East? Who's the loser? I mean, the Patriots. Yeah, New England Patriots. They don't have Tom Brady anymore. I think, uh, and we'll see, obviously, once this year starts. I take that back. Couldn't you throw in the Jets, though? Couldn't you throw in the Jets? They did nothing. Yeah, Yeah, they did nothing. Jets are losers. Yeah, well, their quarterback, obviously, Sam Darnold was uh, sick. What did he have again? Uh, He had mononucleosis. He was uh, kissing all kinds of fans, yeah. Yeah, so we don't know. You saw him for a little bit. They were down a quarterback. Le'Veon Bell didn't have a line in front of him, and he had some of the worst totals he's well, ever had. But they're had. also losing Robbie Anderson, and they're not re-signing him. So he was like yeah. one of the highlights of their team, one of the best players, which, you know, yeah. So the Jets are definitely – I think the Jets will definitely be the Dolphins the, 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 going forward, the last, you know, AFC's team. Losing Brady yeah. aside, I think the Jets will are the the losers of the AFC's because they the Patriots still have Belichick. I mean, Belichick can still take a turd and shine it into a diamond. I mean, they did sign a Brian Hoyer today. They brought him back. So, um, but I, I think with 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 some kind of moves they can make and whatever draft picks they do, I, I think the Patriots will be above the Jets and, and the standings. I just think the Jets with what they have which isn't much, and they didn't do anything in free agency or didn't make any trades whatsoever, I think that's, that team is a dumpster fire. I just think they're, they're going to be last place in that division. I think they're the biggest losers of, of this past week. Listen, I didn't yeah. listen to a word you just said because all I have is turd into a diamond <laughs> okay. in my mind. <laughs> Did you really just say that? I just, I mean, he was the coach of the Browns at one point, and I mean, I guess that turd can't be turned into a diamond because... Hey, sometimes <laughs> yeah, you can take a turd and shine it into a diamond. I mean, come on. that's so funny i'm sorry go on all right let's move on to the afc north who do you guys think was the winner and the biggest loser of that division i'm gonna go with my browns well i mean i feel like no one else in the afc north made any real moves like i mean the browns got um austin hooper as we know and sent him to a big contract there and but um i don't the steelers haven't done much i mean i would say the steelers is one team i could see maybe taking Jameis as a backup quarterback um but yeah, I mean the Bengals are going to do it in the draft. Um, I just I think the Browns have made a, a nice little splash, and it wasn't big name guys like Odell Beckham and stuff. It's like quality players that they're bringing in there. Um, so you know we have uh, Jack Conklin coming in too. So I think the Browns, of course, Homer. I think uh, I don't know. I think the Ravens. I think that them scoring Michael Brockers, young defensive tackle from the Rams. Three-year deal at thirty million. He's a good guy on the inside, and even though Calais Campbell is definitely older, um, they had him for a two-year contract on the on the outside as well for the Ravens. So I think they built up their defensive line a little bit better, uh, and I think they're going to be able to obviously continue to have a, a, a better defense coming forward. So I think those two 
acquisitions and just obviously the Ravens were a very stacked team on, on both sides of the ball. But uh, I don't know. I like those moves as far as I don't know if you can really compete. I think what Kristen said also, Austin Hooper, you got uh, another tight end, obviously, um, to go to work with Baker Mayfield and they secured some linemen. So um, don't forget Case Keenum. Case Keenum, yep, you know. Yep, and you got you got a, a pro quarterback back there, you know, that can help out uh, and and talk. So I don't know. I'm kind of a tie. Uh, you know, the Browns had a lot more transactions as far as getting people is concerned, but I think the two that the Ravens had uh, are going to be really important. I think we'll see that uh, at the beginning of next year. I would say I'm going along with you, Chip. I'd say the Ravens because of what they did on defense, and that's something they need to to really beef up in the off season. Now I know they also need a wide receiver to to complement uh, Hollywood Brown. I just think with past history has shown with, with the Cleveland Browns going out and getting free agents that it's just been nothing but a disaster. And overpaying for Austin Hooper, it's great. Okay, you now you have Austin Hooper there. You gotta move you gotta move David Njoku now. So I, I just think the history with them making big moves in in, in the offseason is just it's a history of violence, I would say, because it's just blown up in their face. We've seen it. So I would say history of violence, history of violence. Ooh. Yes. Uh, Miles Garrett, history, history of violence. violence. <laughs> yes. So I, I would say yes. the Ravens probably are the biggest winners, biggest losers of that division. I mean, I, mean, I feel like have the Steelers done really anything? Like, I mean, you have uh, Ben hurt. Yeah, they've lost people, but I, I really yeah. don't feel like the Steelers have even signed anybody that I'm thinking of here. I, and I mean, the Bengals, I feel like they're just kind of holding out for Joe Burrow, but he's not going to be the end-all, be-all savior to help them. The guys, you know, started one year. So, I'm, I mean, I would leave it up to those two, but I'm always going to go Bengals because they're just the Bengals and they've been so bad. Yeah, I mean, the you know, the Bengals obviously keeping A.J. Green was really good for them. Obviously having the franchise tag on him. I don't know if he's actually signed it yet. Um but, Man, I feel sorry for that guy. There's nobody yeah. in the NFL I think I feel more sorry for. Such a talent and such a good guy. And he just has Marv Lewis as his coach. You know, he's Andy Olin's quarterback. Can't make it past the second round of playoffs. Poor A.J. Green. He's ice skating uphill, <laughs> dude, which is awful. I just feel so bad. He's such a talent and like he's such a good guy. I, I, I see a trade in the foreseeable future. I think that guy's going to get traded in, in the, uh, during the, the season next that would be good. This coming season. <clears throat> He'll get traded to the Patriots where Tom Brady's not even there. Oh, God. All right, let's move on. Let's move on to the AFC South, the AFC South guys. Can I start with my biggest loser? Yes, you can, of course. (laughs) I would like to say the Houston Houston Texans. Oh, yes. The biggest loser there. (laughs) Yeah, we'll just leave it at that. If you don't know, like, yeah, DeAndre Hopkins was, like, let go or traded for about David Johnson and, like, a few pennies. Yeah, (laughs) just amazing. They would get rid of him. So I'm going loser with Texans. Yeah, I mean, I don't think, and looking at that division, I mean, I think, you know, the Colts did great things. I have no idea what the Jacksonville Jaguars are doing. Um, you know, I don't see really any, um, I don't know, they haven't really done anything either. I know they signed a quarterback, uh, Denard, uh, and they, they franchised in Gakwe, uh, and they did sign uh, Joe Schobert, I guess, um, who was a linebacker, but that team just feels like they're kind of lost right now. I mean, I yeah, they got rid of uh, AJ Bouye, which they yep. got rid of Ramsey before, Ramsey. and yep. like when they had that lockdown defense like three years ago, and all of a sudden none of those guys are on that defense anymore. Campbell's gone, all of them. So yeah, the Jags. Too, that's why I think the Jags might be a landing spot. I think you mentioned it in our last show, Chip, for Jameis, yep. or maybe a Cam Newton. You know, that's where maybe they make their splash. 
Yeah, but I think, yeah, I got it. I, I mean, and I don't know if anybody else, and maybe L. Bushman, you're going to say that it's something different, but yeah, I think the Texans. No, I'm definitely. <laughs> the Texans are really going to go down as the all time bonehead trades in the NFL history. I mean, that was just. Looking at that trade, it's like, okay, you, you traded away your number one guy. I get it. Like, he wants a contract extension and everything. Pay him his money. The guy deserves it instead of just trading him away to a team that you just made better. And now you got back a running back who pretty much is, I think David Johnson is done. And then you're absorbing his huge, huge contract too. So if I'm Bill O'Brien, I'm, I'm really looking behind myself because you're going to have a lot of angry Houston Texan fans that might put a bullet on your, and you know, build in your back. But yeah, Texans hands down are the biggest loser. Biggest winner for me. I don't know if you consider the Colts maybe a winner on this. They're getting Phillip Rivers, who's 38 years old. And this past year is... His stats were terrible. So this whole division to me is almost becoming like the NFC East. It's like a terrible division now. No. Well, what about the Titans being a winner? You know, they ended up with a franchise tag on Henry. He re-signed Tannehill. You know, I mean, who knows? Like we talked about in the last show, Tannehill, you know, never had two consecutive years that were good in a row. But I think, like, it wasn't really free agency, but they did re-sign these guys to the teams. I'd give it to the Titans then. Yeah, I would say the Titans are the biggest winner in that division. Well, I tell you, the one thing that we're going to see, and, and I don't know if they have somebody behind them, is Conklin, who left Tennessee, was their starting right tackle. So you're taking away, and obviously Derrick Henry, uh, you know, the fantastic season he had last year, I think they kept everyone else along the offensive line. Uh, but obviously not having um, Conklin over there on the right side to start, you could see uh, obviously a little bit different look um, for uh, Derrick Henry and the Titans moving forward. So, and that's what uh, I'm excited we'll for him to be on the Browns. I like maybe well, yeah. the Browns' offensive line was our biggest problem last year too for Baker being you know. So it'll be exciting to see him Conklin over in Cleveland. All right, Conklin's so, a road grader, and he'll be he'll be a good addition to their line. All right, so we'll move out west to the AFC West. Who's the biggest winner out of that? We'll take the loser out because you know this whole division is kind of pretty pretty you know competition stiff. So let's let's go with just the winner. I mean, I got to go with the uh, Broncos getting Melvin Gordon. Yeah. I mean, the high, is he the highest paid running back or third highest paid running back He's, right now? Uh, they, they put him I now think, as the fourth know, highest now. Fourth highest. Fourth highest. Yeah. Because they were trying to go is it with like uh, Royce Freeman and I forget. Like they had a bunch of young guys. Philip Lind- Lindsay, who was yeah. a fantasy stud a year before last. It was just terrible this year. Yeah, they were trying to do that two-headed thing and they never really figured it out. So I think having a consistent guy back there and they seem to be set on Drew Locke. So now that they have this consistency that they can build on in the offseason and OTAs, we'll see, you know, if maybe they can put something together here. So I'm thinking having Melvin Gordon on your team is always an asset. So I'm going to go with the um, Broncos here. Broncos, what did you say, biggest winner? Biggest winner, yeah. Yes. Biggest winner. Um yeah, I mean, the Raiders, I mean, I know they've taken in uh, a ton of players from, what was it, the Cowboys, I think? They signed several people uh, from the Cowboys in free agency and not necessarily impact players, just a lot of filler spots. So um, I think the problem in Denver is going to be their system. Philip Lindsay came into the year as a rookie and won uh, Offensive Rookie of the Year, and he wasn't drafted. And they had a one running back set. So... I don't know what I don't know what they're going to do. They need to define the role out there, and I don't know if that's coaching or I don't know what the story will be. But they had two pretty good backs, and they could never figure out how to utilize them in both. You know, um, you know, both win. I mean, the Raiders signed Nelson Aguilar from the Eagles, 
Oh, that guy can't catch anything. I know, I know. Listen, listen. Gruden likes old, broken down players, and they got Carl Nassib from the Bucks. They signed him in free agency. They signed Mariota. They signed Witten. They did sign Corey Littleton from the Rams, who was a good uh, middle linebacker, and they also signed um, uh, Nick. uh, Wow, Kowalski or Kowatowski. From Green Bay. I mean, like, they signed Witten, but you already have Darren Waller as, like, the stud uh, tight end right now. So what, is Witten just supposed to be a blocker, I guess? Yeah, we, me Carr? and Carl it's were talking about play. that on St. Patrick's Day. It's like, okay, why sign Witten when you have Waller? And Waller balled out last year, and Witten did nothing. Right. Why? Uh, maybe as, as depth, I, maybe I can see that, but why? Why waste the money on I mean, on him? I did see Witten doing a lot of good blocking last year for like pet on blocking and, and you know, he's not so much of a catching guy, but I mean, he, the guy's old. I mean, he's already yeah. retired and then now he's come back. Like, yeah. And you have the stud young guy in Darren Muller. So I don't know what they were doing but, with that, but it'll be interesting. Gr- Gruden's and like all these cowboy fans who love him to death and all oh, Witten win. And then he just goes and signs his own team. Like, I love that. Gruden's like <laughs> that guy that goes to, he's like that guy that goes to garage sales and sees like toys that are like you know scuffed up, you know they're loot they let they're like lost an arm. There's no eye. That's what that's what Gruden is. He likes those types of players where they've been broken, beaten, and they're kind of broken down, but they can still kind of play. And then he'll scoop them up for cheap. That's what Gruden is. That's what he does. Well, we'll see. Nick Ky- <laughs> Nick Kiwakowski was from the Bears, so he was a linebacker that played obviously. Uh, with a lot of rock stars over there, so we'll see. I'm just so impressed you said that last name right. I'm literally reading it right now on my iPad, and I, as you said it, I'm like, he's saying that so right. <laughs> I think I know. I'm using the force over here. I, I, think, w- I think I got. Here. I would say my winner would be the the Los Angeles Chargers, even though they have no fans. Um, they they got two really good guards uh, to help Tyrod Taylor be protected and everything. I I really want to see what they do in the draft, uh, but. You know, focusing on the offensive line is what they need to do because they need to create lanes for Austin Eckler, who they just extended, and also Justin Jackson as backup. But to be able to protect Tyrod, who you're who you're banking on as your starting guy for next year to compete in that division, that that's a win win for me because that shows okay, this is what we need to focus on. Even if they go and draft somebody like Justin Herbert in the draft, they're rolling with Tyrod, and Kristen, you know, Tyrod is Tyrod, so. If you give him protection, he can do a little bit. But if you give him a lie, he can do a lot more. So I'll go with the Chargers on that one. It's just amazing oh. to me that Austin Eckler is a starting running back for the Chargers, and they were like, "Oh, no. you know what? Go ahead, Melvin Gordon. Like, just go on." It's well, on Melvin Gordon, it's just kind of wild. You know, there was a guy that uh, we used to be on a show with that banked on Austin Eckler in fantasy, and it kind of worked out for him, but for a few weeks. So you never know. You never know. He was a great – he had a chance to, to show, I guess, some of the talent that he had, and he was used in different phases. And uh, when they kept him on the field, I mean, he really – he did a great job, not to mention – and I know Al Bushman, you just said they picked up uh, Brian Bulaga from Green Bay. Yep, tackle, and, and Trey and Turner. And they traded for Trey Turner. Yep. Uh, and they also were able to sign Chris Harris from Denver uh, and franchised uh, Hunter Henry. So still got some good pieces over there as far as offense and kept – you know, was able to take a number one corner away from uh, Denver. So – yeah, the Chargers are always like that one. They're missing that one piece that can get them over the hump. I mean, last year was it was just a disaster with all the injuries that they have. So, you know, 
I think they're gonna they're gonna they have to draft a quarterback in this in this this draft. They have to. I mean, yeah. if you're gonna roll with Tyrod, that's you're insane. So, all right. So let's move on to the NFC. Before we do that, of course, you guys can listen to us, the Sports Caffeine on Spreaker.com. We're on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play. We're also on FanStreamSports.com and FanStreamSports the app. Make sure to download us. We will have our Twitter page and Facebook pages up pretty soon. I'm still waiting to hear back from some logos. I've been getting some. Proofs on, and so far they're terrible. Chip, if I showed you the draft that this guy showed oh, me, no. you would have probably thrown my phone across the room because this looked like this 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 logo this guy sent me looked like oh, looked like my child drew. It looked like my almost oh, two year old child, my two year old daughter, like drew this thing. It was terrible. I was like, "Are you kidding me right now?" So I feel like that's called contemporary art or modern art. Like th- things like that. Like, you can literally take one of her pictures and be like, this is art. Like, oh, yeah, I see the real impressionism here. Oh, but, man. Yeah, you know. It was terrible. And I was like, I wanted to cancel the order. And the guy's like, come on, please give me another chance. I'm like, I'll, I'll give you one more chance, bro. But, like, dude, this is this is terrible. So I reached out to Rob Rob, who's a, who's a great friend of ours uh, from Blitzmetics. Yes. I, I reached out to him. He's going to mock something up. And then uh, hopefully he'll have it to me pretty soon. So. So it's coming. So we got some logos coming for our social media presence, and then also our our you know places where you can find us and look at our our nice spiffy logo. So, anyways, going along to the NFC, let's go to the NFC East. Who was the biggest winner? I think we all know who the biggest winner of the NFC East was. Are we all in kind of you know agreement on this? I think we probably yeah. I think we probably all be in mutual agreement. I mean, I don't know. I think personally, and I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna step away from our brief conversation here about winners and losers here. Sure. I think this is the worst worst division in football. It is the worst division. We all know that. Yes. This is this is what I think. Worst division. So that's my two cents on this division. I hate it. I hope the Eagles and Cowboys all just fall apart and die, and that's what I think. So hands down, it yeah, is the I mean, worst. The, yeah, well, the Eagles picked up Darius Slay, but you lost Malcolm Jenkins. So you kind of, I guess, Darius Slay yeah. might be a little bit younger than Jenkins, and that um and the backfield there but i mean the cowboys lost everybody like yep. they're banking on zeke amari cooper and dak like that's what they got you know and so um yeah this whole division is like blocked. i don't even want to talk about them. giants didn't really, <laughs> really do anything the redskins yeah. did uh they let go josh norman so he's no no longer there so i don't i don't yeah it is the worst division so it's like it's like hands down like by default the eagles win something again so the Eagles win that. Well, game. I think what Kristen the said. Nine touch on what you, yes, the yeah. nine and seven Eagles. Yes, the nine and seven Eagles. Well, I mean, to get Slay, they were awful, obviously, against uh, you know the pass last year, and they got a little bit better as time went on. But Slay is the number one corner, so um, I think that they solved one reason, and uh, hopefully they could fix the other one. All right. Oh, and, like the Cowboys getting rid of everybody, and you bring in Haha Clinton Dix, where I think he might have been out of a job at the end of last year. To be honest with you, I think he was on and the then, practice uh, squad with the Bears. I think. Yeah, he was somewhere like he was in Packer. I don't even know. I, I, yeah, he was. But and then Gerald McCoy, which we know all the drama in Tampa, and then he went. Where did he go? Atlanta or something for you? He went to Carolina Not, for like, like half a year, and then uh, he didn't really do much. That's what it was, Carolina. Yeah, I knew it was in the division. But yeah, so Dallas just getting rid of everybody and then bringing in these two old guys that are washed up. Um, but you know, I never hate seeing Dallas do bad moves. So go Dallas. <laughs> <laughs> all right, NFC North, NFC North winner. I'm going to say the Detroit Patriots because that's what Matt Patricia is starting to make the the Lions is the Patriots to yeah. know with all the guys he's getting from the Patriots. So I would say Detroit. Yeah, I mean, it's it's what you get out of those guys now that once they leave the team. 
You know, I mean, are you going to get the the guys that we saw over there? Are they going to have the same effort? Are they going to be able to work in the same, you know, a different scheme, obviously, under Patricia? So it really depends on what you get. Um, but, yeah, I can go with that. Okay. Kristen? Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like, I feel like, I guess the Lions, I mean, I'm just looking at the teams right now and really – are the ones who kind of gone out and make moves. I think the Bears are losers taking on that whole Nick Foles contract. I mean, we know yep. the Vikings lost Stephon Diggs and uh, losing Everson Griffin, probably. And um, the Packers really hasn't done much. They actually lost some guys, too. So I, I guess by default, I have to go with the Lions. I'm not, like, super impressed by any of their moves, but they seem to make more moves than anyone else over there. All right. Yeah, and I think a lot of this, too, teams <clears throat> are a little bit hesitant, obviously, to sign a lot in free agency, obviously, due to – not having doctors and not having staff available to, to take a look at people and, um, you know, perform some of the things obviously they do and that they look at. So, yeah, that's this a, is it's just, a, yeah, it's crazy. What a huge, like coronavirus is now affecting free agency. And I mean, these articles that like, you know, Clowney, which we'll probably talk about in a minute here, might not get signed because doctors, he can't leave Seattle. Doc, people can't come to Seattle, you know, Washington's on yeah. lockdown. And so it's going to hurt, you know, he, it's crazy right now. We have Cam Newton, James Winston, and Jadavian Clowney, all number one draft picks, all may not be without a job this coming season. All right, speaking of, yep. speaking of James Winston, the next two divisions are kind of no-brainers. We have the NFC South and then the uh, the NFC West. So I think we can all say <laughs> the NFC South, who won out of this one. I mean, come on. Pretty much. Hey, but Todd Gurley to uh, <clears throat> the Falcons is a pretty big deal there. I like – Hey, I like all the Falcons pickups. The contract that he signed is is low risk, uh, so we'll see what we can get out of him. Um, the NFC yeah, South I mean, is like the. I wish we could spread these four teams over other divisions because they've all had great signings, pretty much. You know, Teddy Bridgewater going to the Panthers, Todd Gurley the Falcons, Brady the Bucks. Like this is an exciting division here. Chip, let yeah, me ask. Let me that, ask you with Gurley. Is he? Are they really expecting him to be that number one guy? I mean, you got Brian Hill, you got Edo Smith. Do you think Brian Hill could take over that job to be the number one guy? Because with Gurley's injury history, I, I just and the, with. Do you think there's any tread left on the tires? I think so. I mean, they lessened his workload last year by fifty percent. Okay. I mean, so he saw I think half uh, of what he typically saw, and I mean. I still think there's some there's some tread on the tires. I mean, I think last year he still he still had almost a thousand yards and I believe I don't know a handful of touchdowns. I'm trying to get us. I mean, he's 25 years old. I think he had 12 so last year, 13 the year before that, and then 17 the first uh, the, the first year he really broke out because that rookie, yeah, that rookie so, I mean, year with Jeff Fisher he had nothing, pretty much. Yeah, so I mean, you give me so his attempts are definitely way down. Seventeenth in the NFL at two twenty three, eight hundred fifty seven yards, and he tied for fifth in touchdowns. Average yards per carry was almost four yards. So at twenty five years old, yeah, I think there's still some some tread on the tires. And I mean, the Falcons, I mean, because of the the, the depth issue there and, and Devonte Freeman always being injured. Once we ended up um, losing Tevin Coleman to San Francisco, our offense changed completely. Right. Uh, and it was a struggle that we had when he united with uh, Shanahan. So, yeah, I think you can use Gurley, and I still, I, I still think he'll be effective here. All right. NFC West, I think we can all say the Cardinals are the clear-cut winners of, of free agency by pulling off that huge shocker of a trade to the Texans by sending over David Johnson and his gargantuan contract that he has left and getting 
DeAndre Hopkins, who now is your clear number one to, to line him up against Larry Fitzgerald and also Christian Kirk. And now Kyle, Kyler Murley has a clear-cut number one to throw to. Arizona is is now on the up-and-up up in that division. Oh, and Kenyon Drake had a great half of the season when he got traded over there. Yeah, he got his um, transition tag yesterday, yeah. I believe it was. His transition tag he signed yesterday. So, yeah, he is in there now. Mm-hmm. When, you know what I'm really excited about the, with the new CBA, the seventh game, seven thirteen being thrown into the playoffs because you have these couple divisions like the NFC West and the NFC South that are going to be competitive. All four teams are probably going to be competitive. So someone else is going to get an opportunity to get into that seventh spot, which I'm really excited about. I know a lot of the players aren't excited, but as a fan – I'm excited. Yeah, let's talk about you know this. Gotta... Let's talk about the CBA. Yeah. I mean, do you guys like what they all agreed upon? I mean, the 17th game, they expanded the playoffs. You know, of course. Now, I mean, I, I think it's great. They're not going to test for marijuana anymore because that's going to give. You could even you can have Josh Gordon come back to the league. Hell, Antonio Brown can come back right. to the league now. So, um, actually, the, the stipulation for guys who like tested in the past is like not grandfathered in. They like have oh really to, like still go through suspensions yeah so like josh gordon's probably like screw you guys like anyone can smoke weed now like that's all i've been doing although he seemed to have some other issues as well i don't think it's just weed because i don't think stoners just act that way but um (laughs) yeah yeah, i do i do like i do like all of it because it's more football for all of us you know i'm really excited about it but i know some of the big name guys weren't happy because these are the guys making you know the aaron Rodgers and the russell wilson's and things they're making richard sherman's a lot of the money but you've got to think about that third string linebacker or that you know whatever third string defensive end or a guy in a practice squad this really benefits those guys the guys you don't know about that you know the contracts and the money and stuff so big name guys weren't happy but i was also surprised about the number of guys who didn't even vote yeah i think that's so i think that's what a lot of the uh the guys that um wanted the whole cba to pass i think that's what they were upset about because i know some of them were on like instagram and twitter and going like guys you got to vote while well, you have guys like Aaron Rodgers, who's one of the big high-profile guys who was against it. He hated it. He did not want this to happen. So, um, yeah, I totally agree with you. I think, I think <clears throat> this whole new CBA is good. I, I, I think maybe not have the 17th game, the seven, uh, 17th week. I think expanding the playoffs is a, is a great idea. I love it because now you have, you're going to have three games on Saturday and you're going to have three games on Sunday. I think it's, it's freaking fantastic. So I, I'm okay with it. I like the CBA. I like what they did. I think as a fan, everybody's excited about what we got. And obviously the money wise, like Kristen, you were alluding to is that, you know, the guys that aren't the, you know, the top guys on the team now are going to get better benefits. They're going to get a higher base salary, uh, you know, and they're going to, you know, it's going to help them out a lot. So all around, I think for the younger players in the league and the players that are going to start to build up and uh, you know, once the top group of players move on and retire, you want your younger guys to be able to, to carry that torch and pass on. Uh, I think the work stoppage now got pushed to like 2030 now. Uh, I think this CBA is good for the next 10 years. Is that right? Uh, yeah, I believe so. Yes. And they also eliminated so. one of the preseason games too. So it's only three preseason games now, not four. So that's good. I like that. I yeah, wish they would have maybe have kept it at. You know, I wish they would have eliminated not two. Not to get political, <laughs> but like I feel like these older guys, like the Aaron Rodgers and stuff, they're like the boomers, you know. And you got these young guys, <laughs> yeah. you got coming in the league, and they're like the millennials, and they're like, "Well, it's better for us in the future, like, but it's bad for us right now," you know. And Is Aaron Rodgers kind of slowly like, becoming the guy everyone's really kind of trying to hate now? Because not only is he kind of being a curmudgeon in the league, but also outside with his personal life, it seems like everybody hates Aaron Rodgers now. I mean, did I everybody ever really love him? <laughs> I don't <laughs> Let's go back to that. But, I mean... We'll yeah, I'm indifferent. That. I'm indifferent to him. Yeah I'm, yeah, I'm indifferent, but just due to the fact that... I mean, that guy now has been in the NFL for a hot minute, so he's taken 
a lot of hits he's gone through a big thing obviously with coaching changes his new coach they got into a lot of uh you know say his name and I'm not saying. I will say his name. I'm not gonna say because I know. Please say I'm his name. Saying, I'll say Matt. I'll say Matt. I'll I'm say saying, and I'll say, say his last name. Chip, if you say Matt, I'll say his last name. Well, you're gonna accentuate. You're gonna go all French. <laughs> I said Lefle, Lefle. You Matt Lefle. It's like wiping your ass with silk. It wipe Lefle. Yeah, but I think that you know. I don't know. I think you definitely get older and going through coaching changes and what he had to go through last year in training camp, learning a new system, learning a head coach, a guy who's bringing younger, uh, you know, more offensive, uh, you know, weaponized things to a guy who's done one thing one way for like 10, 10, 11 years. So I think, yeah, he's probably a little bit more, uh, more crotchety, more butter than everybody else. Okay. Yeah. So we've got a couple of free agent quarterbacks out there. Of course, one of them being Jameis Winston. Jameis uh, did post the other day on Twitter, I think it was Instagram as well, saying, thank you, Tampa Bay, for the five years uh, I was in your city, blah, blah, blah. I'll see you next February. What is the likelihood, do you guys think, that Jameis Winston may not find a job this year that he might have to sit out this whole year and maybe get signed next year? Do you think it's a possibility that Jameis Winston can not, probably will not have a job this year? I think it's an absolute possibility. I do think it's a prob- the odds of it are low. I would give it a, like... 15 to 20 percent chance he does not have a job because someone's going to need a backup someone's going to tear their acl in practice you know like the redskins how many quarterbacks have they had or the jags as we mentioned before maybe the steelers um because ben big ben you know we saw they had to go to their third string quarterback last year with doug hodges so uh maybe the raiders but yeah i think if someone's going to sign a quarterback it's going to be cam over Jameis. so i think Jameis has higher odds of not being on a team next year to start the season maybe get signed in the middle but I think he'll be somewhere, but not as a starter at all. Yeah, I think the only way uh, yeah. Cam's going to go anywhere is the trade because you know he's he can't went on the other day on social media and he's like, "Look, I didn't demand a trade; they want me out." And Greg Olson's like, "Yeah, I know the feeling." So, yeah, sure well, I, I think we yeah. we all know that you have to change your expectations if you're. I think if you're both those guys, they're just there's not going to be a lot of starting quarterback jobs. But anywhere, last year taught us all. That obviously, and I think we've all known, quarterback's the most important position. So anybody that has experience, no, according you know, to Dallas, has, that's not the most important position. The most important position well, is the wide receiver position. That's it. <laughs> well, Jerry Jones is you know running that show, and that's you know that's his show, and uh, that's how he likes to do things, which we all know he's crazy for. But um, you know, we all know quarterback's the most important position. So anybody that has some experience and has a, a decent amount of athletic ability, I think, will always have a have a good chance to have a job in the NFL. Chris, and I like that that idea of him getting signed by the Steelers. I like that because now you can sit behind Big Ben for maybe a couple of years, learn the system, and then go out there and, and take over the offense. I mean, if his LASIK actually worked out, you're coming into an offense where, you know, if you got James Conner, you got I mean, we all know the Steelers breed wide receivers. I mean, last year nobody really thought the Steelers would be competitive in, the, in that division with losing all the weapons that they have, but they did, even with all the injuries, even with the third-string quarterbacks that they had in there. So I think if Mike Tomlin was smart, pull the trigger, sign him for a cheap deal. You could probably get him on the cheap now because he, we all know what free, free agency has seen. Like He's not going to get signed by anybody, so you can get him for the cheap. Have him be your backup as an insurance policy just in case if Ben Roethlisberger goes down because you can you, you can look at Ben and breathe on him and he'll go down with it like an ACL injury. So I would say go to Pittsburgh. That would be your best bet. 
Have you seen Ben's uh, Twitter video about stay home and stay safe? Yeah, he looks. I, mean, I didn't even know Ben. Oh my god! He looks like Gandalf when Gandalf was like twenty years old, but like what? homeless. Yeah, he looks like Gandalf, like the homeless. That's what he looks like. I forget what player it was. Some other player was like, "What in the Evan Almighty and Zeno man? Yeah, something it, else is going on here." Like I thought, my beard was getting crazy by staying home and not shaving and, and not doing that. But looking at his beard, it looks, it looks like, like he's been staying home for nine months. Uh huh. And like it looks like it looks like that episode of Family Guy where Peter grew a beard out and there was a nest of birds living in it. That's what Big Ben's yeah. beard looks like. It's nuts. I <laughs> thought Tom Hanks and Castaway. Yes, it lo- I thought like a hobbit was gonna come out and like grab the camera and pull it back in. That's how like scraggly looks. It, he looks homeless. <laughs> he he oh, almost look he he almost looks like if Santa Claus like was thirty years younger but was an alcoholic. That's what it looks like. <laughs> Before Santa Claus cleaned up his act. Exactly. Before Santa Claus became creepy and started like going to other people's houses and dropping off presents. But with Big Ben, it's raping people and, and throwing touchdowns. And I think he's like talking on behalf of him and his wife. I think, I'm pretty sure he's married. And he's like, yeah, we're staying home staying safe. I'm like, your wife let you on camera looking like that? Like... Your I, wife lets you get into bed looking like that? Like, <laughs> what is going on here? Oh, yeah, Ben. I like it when you look like a homeless person. I just gave a cheeseburger to you. I love it. <laughs> I was waiting for his wife to come up behind him and slap Yikes. the camera out of his hand because that's the way he looked like. I mean, it was it was nuts. I had a double take. I was like, this has to be a joke. This isn't really him, right? Like, nope. And I clicked on the video, and it was actually him. So, But, yeah, you know what? We're all quarantined. We're all staying safe and staying home, and it makes people do crazy videos with beards, I guess. Dude, I, I – I, Well, I don't know. I could look like that in the next two weeks if we have a lockdown. So, Do you want to have, gonna, do you wanna have a beard competition? I would love to do one with you, Chip. I oh, want God. to judge it. I will get out my ruler yeah. and I will judge. Well, I just now. Well, did I? No, what did I shave yesterday? Um, do we want to do a beard competition? I don't know if we want to do that. Well, if you do, then I'd have to start over from square one. I had to shave mine totally off. So yeah, no, no, because that's a huge pain. I mean, no shave November. I'm always down to do that, and I'll usually leave a beard because once it grows, I'm not. I'll, I'll sport that for a couple of months, and then after that, I'll chop it off in the new year. So okay, yeah, let's not do it in the middle. Okay, no, that's no, fine. I'm, I'm okay with that. I kind of. I don't. I don't think my beard's gonna get like Ben Roethlisberger burger like crazy weird oh, drunk no. Gandalf, oh, no. but like yeah, it could probably get pretty long. So okay. I think he started growing that the day he got injured, and he was like, "I'm not shaving till I'm back on the field." I bet you he doesn't and put like any injured. like shampoo or anything on it. I bet you it smells. It smells like Permanente sandwiches. Oh, oh come on. Oh. Like greasy yeah. fries and like the meat that just kind of flopped down on his beard. Yeah, permani sandwiches, and that's what it smells like. Speaking All right. of <laughs> I heard that um, Antonio Brown wants to play with Tom Brady in yes. Buccaneer land. Well, yeah, like first of all, he's like still suspended by the NFL, right? Uh, yes, and Correct. this is what this is what Antonio needs to do. He needs to get in line because it goes right around the corner. It's a long line of people that want to play with Tom Brady. I don't want nobody wants oh, it's like a line Brown. for toilet paper. Exactly. <laughs> if Tom Brady was a roller charman, Antonio Brown would be going around the corner. I'm still holding out for Julian Edelman to become a Tampa Bay Buccaneer. I don't know if I, I want that. Think. Though. I don't know if I want that. Really? Edelman gets hurt too Why much. Why do we need that? Yeah, he gets hurt too much. Oh. I think you put him in the slot and you have your Godwin and your Evans. On the outside, and you trade O.J. Howard. I like. Is that. there no chance of them re-signing Perryman? 
No, well, yes. So the yeah, they were gonna be working out a deal with Perryman this week, so Perryman could be coming back on a, like a one year. Yeah, I like Perryman. Him as a position. Um, you know, he was like a in Cleveland, and I just he's just solid. He catches the ball when he needs to. He's there, and you know, he's that guy you don't expect when everyone else is covered. So I really like Perryman in Tampa. I think he's a good addition. I was thinking if they couldn't resign him, he might be end up on the Saints because the Saints need a second option against Michael Thomas. There, they actually, they they just signed their second Emmanuel option. Sanders? Emmanuel Sanders got, got signed yeah. to the Saints uh, yesterday, so he's their second option. Oh, there he is. Yeah, like, yeah, but he's like old. <laughs> He's oldish, but he had a good season though for San Francisco. Yeah, that uh, that he, he split season with the Broncos in San Francisco. He did pretty well. I had a That's nice right. few fantasy football games with Emmanuel Sanders as my number one uh, wide receiver. So I'm okay with that. Okay. I think it'll be good in that system as well. Okay. Um, can, can we talk about the Ocho? Because I'm really excited. Yes. I am excited as well. <laughs> and I'm trying to look up the programming schedule right now of what they have uh, on. So let me let me look that up real quick. The, we yeah. just actually plugged in, speaking of Tetris, our old NES, and we were playing Battleship. I don't know what Sean's playing now. I think he was playing Mega Man before. Nice. I'm not yeah. Oh, is he playing Tony Hawk on Super Nintendo right now? Tony Hawk 2. Sorry, 2. But, um, yeah, the Ocho is back on, and so I started looking up today, you know, some of the strangest sports competitions or competitions in the world that things they should air, okay. and listen to this one I found here, okay? So this takes place in the, um, it's a ritual celebrated in the Sensoshi Temple in Tokyo every year mm-hmm. called the Naki Sumo Baby Crying Festival. <laughs> what it is, is <laughs> this happens, a sumo wrestler gets on the stage, but not for fighting. They hold the baby in their arms and try to scare them into crying. The wrestlers often wear eerie masks and yell, cry, cry, cry. And it's the first baby to cry wins. So literally you have two sumo wrestlers holding two babies on a stage, yelling at them to cry. And ladies and and gentlemen, that's how the coronavirus was made, was two sumo wrestlers (laughs) crying. That's how it was made. Oh my goodness! I'm, yeah. All right. So here's some of the here's some of the programming that I pulled up. So at six a.m. is the Spike Ball College Championship. Um, We have the Putt Putt Championships. Uh, Next, we have the National Stone Skipping Competition, World Sport World Sport Stacking Competition. Which um, is that the one with the the cups with the kids? That's 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 freaking awesome. I like that. And then you've got the World Sign Spinning Championship. They're going to be replaying the Crystal World Hamburger Eating Contest, which is awesome. And then they now, have, see that's just fun for the whole family, right? Exactly. There. And then they've got the Bratwurst Eating Contest. And then here's one for you: the Stupid Robot Fighting League. I like that. Now, right. if you guys could win any of these contests, like if you had to enter an ESPN Ocho and actually think you could win it, what's what event are you entering? Ooh, Chip, I'm going to get, get to you right. on that one. All right, I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to tell you the uh, the 46th annual Cherry Pit Spitting Championship. I was looking I at that one, oh, too. I was looking at that cherry one. Cherry Pit. Yeah, and I think also, I mean, to be honest with you, the Crystals, man, the Crystals World Hamburger Eating Championship. I mean, now in eight minutes, Joey Chestnut, 103 burgers. Oof. Now, I, but I those are away. little burgers, right? Like yeah, little fire yeah. looking ones. It, yeah, okay. Crystals is like the generic twice. version of White Castle. Yeah. Okay, there you yeah. go. I put away on a on a on a really great night over ten of those things in a in a in a fairly quick fashion, but a hundred and eight or excuse me, a hundred and three in eight minutes. Wow. 
I don't know if I could do that. I don't know if I could. How I many could... seconds is that? I mean, if you're looking at that, 60 seconds, eight minutes, you got, what is that? 480 seconds, which is 60 divided. So, yeah, that's almost, man. That's like a, that bur- just, uh, like that's, a, that's a burger every three seconds, four seconds. Yeah. Yeah, somewhere in that ballpark. But that's really, I don't know, man. I could probably max out. If I did half of that, I'd probably die. I don't even think I could do 50. I'm looking at the uh, putt-putt championships because I'm terrible at regular okay. regular golf, but with putt-putt, I'm okay. So I would go with the putt-putt championships. Um, I saw one. Now, I couldn't be in the whole thing. You didn't list it, but I saw they had a pizza one where you had to like, make the dough or like spread the dough and stretch the dough or whatever. But they had a pizza box folding, and I did work at Honeycrust Pizza um, <laughs> a while back. <laughs> <laughs> And I had to fold like a hundred pizza boxes before I left every day, you know, and I'm younger and I wanted to get out of work. So I found the fastest way. I was like, I held on my leg. I flipped it full, flip, fold, done. Like, so I could totally fold pizza boxes really, really fast. I'm sorry, Kristen, that you will probably get defeated by that guy from the Domino's commercial. I think his name is Jorge. And like, he like does like five boxes in a minute or something like that. Oh, Jorge, you're going down. <laughs> I got nothing but time right now to practice. <laughs> All right, guys. And before we before we, championship, I'm going to watch that one definitely. Before we wrap up the show, we've got about ooh, <clears throat> 13 minutes left. Of course, this is Sports Caffeine. You can listen to us live on Spreaker.com and then Spotify and then the FanStream Sports app and FanStreamSports.com. Make sure you go on there, download the app, subscribe to us, and also go on Spotify, follow us there, and then follow us whenever we have uh, Twitter and Facebook posted up. But anyways, moving along to baseball, nothing much in baseball has happened in a lot. I know they're replaying some games. Uh, you know, kind of all the baseball players are kind of just chilling out and, and training. There was some news the other day that uh, Chris Sale, Chris Sale is going to be out for this season. He's going to be having Tommy John surgery on something. Well, the Boston Red Sox feared they or hoped that it would never happen. Has the curse come back to the Red Sox? After all the cheating scandal, and now they've lost two of their good players, as in David Price, Mookie Betts in the trade to the Dodgers, and now losing Chris Sale. Is the curse of the Bambino back in the Red Sox organization? Uh, you know, the best part about all this is, is like the Yankees are really good. So, like, the, the, yeah, the Red Sox <laughs> are just like trading guys. And, like, so yeah, the Red Sox are like having their own troubles. But the worst is like when you're having troubles and you see your rival like just doing fine, doing great. All their guys are getting healthy. Although Severino's out, isn't he? The Yankees. Sever- yeah, Severino is out. I think Paxton is out. So they've got a guy. The Yankees have a ton of guys that are already on the DL, but they're going to be coming back whenever baseball comes back. I think a lot of the guys. We're only out a few weeks, and I think the the guy that was out the most or the longest time frame was Paxton. He was out for maybe two months, but that two month time frame is going to be April and May because they're saying baseball might not even come back till June. So by the time June rolls around, the Yankees will be at full strength. Boston Red Sox, yeah, not, they, not so they, much. Imagine you're a player who's injured right now. You're like, this is the best thing that ever happened to me. Like Kevin Durant could come back for the closure of the NBA season, which is wild. But, yeah, well, yeah, he's got coronavirus though. So. He's got corona now. He does, have, he does have it. That's right. But I mean, we're not playing NBA until like August. So I'm, hopefully, he'll be fine by then. But yeah, I think I think it sucks for the Red Sox, but it sucks even worse that the Yankees are going to be really good. I think this is the race year, guys. I think you know just the way Kevin Cash manages this team and the way he's found creative ways to work with the payroll, line, hit the lineup, do the opening thing, which I don't think they're doing anymore. The openers. I, this could be the race sneaky year to come in there, especially with Chris Sale being out and now David Price being gone. 
Well, Cash said the uh, Cash said a few weeks ago. I think it was the start of of spring training that they're gonna they're gonna toy with the whole opener thing. I know it's the three batter three batter rule now with with pitchers, but I think they're gonna be toying. They've got they've got a five man rotation. We we know they've got one now. You've got. Morton, you've got Glass now, you've got Snell, you've got Yarbrough, and then you've also got Chirinos. You, you don't really need an opener unless you, those guys are kind of, you know, they're burnt out and they might need a couple days rest, but he he said they're going to play around with it. hell of a rotation. It is. Can you name that off, it's like, this is a great rotation right here. Mm-hmm. You can you can have you can have Morton as your number one, Snell as your number two. I'm kind of concerned about his elbow, but he said it's okay now. Glass now is your number three, and you can flip-flop Torinos and also Yarborough. So they now have a solid five-man rotation. You don't have to worry so much on your relievers because, I mean, they shipped a couple of those guys off in trades and, and got back some few pieces too. So, yeah, I, I I hope it's the year of the Rays. I mean, 2020 would be a great way to, you know, win a World Series and, and beat the, the stupid Yankees and show everybody what's well, up. So we talked about on our, um, our Rays season ticket show down at the Port Charlotte where people are buying their tickets, which I feel bad that they can't use now, but bringing Hunter Renfro in because we were looking for a new leader in the clubhouse. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I think he might be the guy. I think this might be – I just have a good feeling about him in Tampa, and he's excited about it, and I think he might – be really uh, productive here. I think there's one guy that that was raking in spring training before the whole coronavirus went down was Randy Orozina, uh, who they got from the Cardinals, who was just slash. He was just crushing the ball. His stat line was he was batting three fifty eight, uh, slugging percentage was I think in the eight hundreds, and he had a couple home runs, but he was just just crushing the ball. He's a guy that they might put down in the minors to begin the season with, but they might, I, honestly I think they could they could. Pull him up and put somebody else down, but he's one of the guys that was shining in, in spring training. Chip, let me let me get your thoughts on the Red Sox. Do you think the curse is back because now Sale is out and the Red Sox just look a mess? I mean, they are a mess. I mean, even going back to last season, obviously things were, were falling apart. They finished with 84 wins. I mean, the Rays had, I think, 96. Uh, yep. So, you know, I think they were falling apart uh, as of last year anyways. And this is just, I mean, it's an awful situation, obviously, when you have a pitcher like Sale and you find out he's got to have surgery like that. And Kristen, like you said earlier, this is almost kind of a, 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 a breather period for people that are injured or coming off of injury because you're technically extending uh, their recovery time and giving them a better shot to either open the season or finish the season, depending upon what sports you're in, uh, at full strength. So I don't know. We'll see. They're talking about how this layoff is, is going to affect, obviously, Baseball is more of a, of a, you know, you get into a routine sport. So athletes get their bodies up to speed in a certain amount of time and they're ready to go. When you start doing, you know, layoffs of a month, two months, three months, you know, most guys are, are quarantined, like we said. And they probably have personal trainers, things like that. So you wonder if this layoff, if it's for a month or two months or, you know, however long it's going to be, is that going to affect guys? I mean, are guys basically right now sitting on their couches eating ho-hos and just uh, chugging, you know, beers or growing or your working out or so. growing your beard out like Ben Roethlisberger and be, be <laughs> creepy okay, how and did crazy. You know what I was doing, Chip? So I don't know. I think the curse, I, I mean, I don't know if there's a, I don't think it's the curse of the Bambino injuries are a part of the game. And uh, Boston's just had really bad luck, uh, you know, from last season and also obviously moving into to this year. But, um, we'll see how it turns out. I'm really interested to see uh, just the everybody's staff in particular. I mean, how are they going to – how is this going to go when you have guys that are creatures of habit, especially pitchers? Every fifth day you're coming up and you're in a rotation. 
you're supposed to start. So you rest your arm, you work out, you throw a certain number of pitches. It's all regimented. So are guys going to show up and they're going to be out of shape? Are there going to be more injuries this year? Are there going to be, you know, players going to be worse? So I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how it starts. But I agree with both of you. And I think that the Rays, I mean, I know we, we say sneaky good, but last year they, I mean, they, they won 96 games. I mean, they were they were doing it, and especially, and we always talk about the salary difference, obviously, and between the major market clubs and the Rays. Uh, it's unbelievable. So, yeah, kudos again, obviously, to, to Cash and the whole organization. And I totally agree. I think now might be the time, hopefully this year, where they can, uh, you know, get above, get over that hurdle of the Yankees and, uh, and push forward. Yeah, I definitely agree on that, especially, you know, <clears throat> winning the 96 games because they won 90 the year before that. And, you know, you build upon that. A lot of pe- a lot of people thought, hey, they, they're not going to do it again. And they did it and then then some. I mean, they they were one win away from going to the ALCS, uh, you know, playing the Yankees and everything. If they, you know, Tyler Glass now wouldn't have tipped pitches and maybe the Houston Astros maybe would have uh, stopped banging on trash cans. Yeah, <laughs> you know, that, that, that brings a good point, guys. I mean, you know, we didn't really get to talk about this much on the tail end uh, of our former show, The Sports Arena. But the whole Astros cheating scandal, and I think now since the whole coronavirus has taken over the news uh, with sports and everything, do you think the level of retaliation and also the level of, of fans that um, you know are really upset about this before the coronavirus happened, do you think it's maybe going to go to the wayside when baseball starts up again, or do you think, no, we we're, people are going to hold, hold that anger in until the season starts, and when the Houston Astros come into town, into my ballpark, I'm going to unleash the beast? I heard I saw a tweet um, right around when this all started happening saying, man, I bet the Houston Astros are really excited about this coronavirus. It <laughs> literally took them out of the headlines. Everything was Astros cheating, Astros yeah. cheating. The uh, restaurant down the street from me had a sign that said, we put up a sign, but the Astros stole it. And now their sign says, stay safe, Sarasota. So, yeah, like, I feel like we're, as humanity, we're all coming together. You know, everyone's in this together. We're all trying to be neighbors and trying to be friendly and help each other. And so I feel like you can't like hate the Astros now after going through a pandemic. Yes, you know, you can. it's like sports seems so minuscule. <laughs> I mean, you know, when baseball starts up, but I don't think the level of hate or resentment is still there because it, it's also media. You know, we're media. Like the media is feeding into the coronavirus now. Like if the media kept talking about the Astros scandal, yeah, it's going to heat people up and get people mad. But at this point, it's calmed down a little bit. And yeah, like it's kind of like the steroids. Like, yeah, Barry Bonds, Michael McGuire, we know what you did. You might even get into the Hall of Fame now. Steroids, everyone was pissed. And now, 20 years later, everyone's kind of like, eh, whatever, everyone was doing it. So I think it's kind of definitely calmed down. So what you're saying is the yeah. Astros came together and and created the coronavirus and unleashed it on everybody yes. to get out of the news. Okay, I mean, they, they were touching did. those Apple watches uh, and they were signs of <laughs> The trash cans they were banging were full of coronavirus. So when they come in the yeah, come in the Tampa happen. Bay, when they come to the Trop, I'm going to have a sign that says the Astros created the coronavirus. Distraction by the Astros. (laughs) I like that. I like that a lot. Okay, guys. Well, we're gonna wrap it up here. The uh, the sports caffeine, Uh, guys. Any any last words before we get out of here for our episode two? No, no. Stay stay safe. safe. Wash your hands. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Stay safe. The settle uh, settle shack will be good. I will be hunkered down in the uh, bush bungalow, and Kristen, I'm sure you're gonna be hunkered down in the love shack. Is that correct? The love shack. And if anybody, if we have any listeners yet, send me movie and show suggestions, please. All of our fans. All right. <laughs> well, this has been another episode of the Sports Caffeine. We'll be uh, 
coming to you uh, on another another episode pretty soon. Uh, you can, like I said, you can catch us on FanStreamSports.com. FanStream Sports, the app, which you can download on the App Store and also on Google Play. And then you can find us on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, and all the other social media sites when we get our logo created and everything, especially from the guy that sent me something that was weird. But anything like that else. But this has been Al Bushman, Chip, and Kristen for the Sports Caffeine. We will see you soon, guys. Stay safe. Total Wine and More now offers curbside pickup and same-day delivery in Northern Virginia. Have great finds at great prices delivered right to your car or to your door. It's easy to discover the more ways Total Wine and More has you covered at TotalWine.com. Total Wine and More now offers curbside pickup and same-day delivery in Northern Virginia. Have great finds at great prices delivered right to your car or to your door. It's easy to discover the more ways Total Wine and More has you covered at TotalWine.com.